okay this is the ade class for john 13 through 17 living life with an invisible savior january 29th 2013. Um, i'll start off with a prayer and then we'll get into the text dear heavenly father um we thank you for another blessed sunday where we're where we can come and worship you lord um we praise you for your grace and, and your mercy, Lord. And we're just asking for your favor as we seek to learn more about your word together. May I, may you help me teach your people and may you teach me as I teach your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So um, I'll start off with a recap from last week. Um, so you guys talked about a new commandment that Christ gave to his disciples, but was really an old commandment that Pastor Tyson talked about, um, how he told them that they should love each other as he had loved them. Um, I can see how they couldn't do that at first because they didn't have an example. But once Christ came, they had an example to follow that they could now they know how to love as God has loved. And then we also see Peter's denial. So Peter's kind of like taken aback at this statement, like he thought he would never deny Christ. But um, Jesus knew what, what would happen. And then we go on to the next passage when he lets them know that they shouldn't be troubled. Um, I actually studied um, chapter 14 through um, 14 at first, and then Tyson helped me out a lot and got me up to speed on the verses that I was actually supposed to be teaching. <laughs> but I did, I did, I love it when he says not to let our hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Um, I just think that's a great statement. And also how he talks about he's going to the he's going into his father's house and going to prepare some rooms. But I love the King James when he talks about the mansions like he's going to prepare a mansion and it's going to be glorious. So now we'll just um, move on. So the disciples are going through a lot and Jesus is seeking to comfort them. So, so much is going on. Like I said, Peter has just found out that he's going to deny Christ. There's somebody in the group that's going to betray Jesus. And also Jesus is going to leave. So their lives are going to be completely different. So we're going to see how Jesus is going to comfort them, even though he isn't going to be there with them presently. So the first question that I have is, how do different beliefs about the Holy Spirit affect the understanding and actions of Christians in different denominations? So I'm gonna need you guys help. <laughs> or it's gonna be very quick. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, so that's my background, Pentecostal. But we didn't talk a lot about, in my church, we didn't talk a lot about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I did used to believe, like, you can catch the Holy Ghost. So you catch the Holy Ghost, and then you see people jumping up and down in the church and um, people falling out. I just thought, like, I didn't want to catch it. Like, I, <laughs> like, like, because... And, and people would speak in tongues and all these different things. But like um, Brother B was saying, they still love the Lord. Like I, I can't be hard on my background because that's where I came from. And that's where I grew up and I learned to love God, even though everything probably wasn't the correct way. They still loved God and they they taught me to love God. So. Well, there's some, there's some also, I think, some irrational things that people, some irrational behavior that people try to attribute to the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, um, and I, di- I didn't hear all of what Brother B said, but, you know, this notion of a second filling, mm-hmm. that somehow you're not quite, uh, you can't be used of God until you get that second filling, you know, yeah. and, and, and maybe you'll never get it, you know, but if you do, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, yeah, yeah I, I've heard about that, too. And um, yeah, I thought that was true, like because I used to hear pastors like it seemed like God was directly talking to them, like in every sermon, like God yeah. told me to say this. God told me to say that. I'm like, man, I, I need to do something different because God isn't speaking to me how he's speaking to him. But as I learned and as I'm growing, um, I learned that God speaks through his word. He has said what he wants us to know, and it's in his word. So we're also going to talk about question number two. Um, What is the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian? So what are some roles of the Holy Spirit in our life today? To be a helper. Yep. Yes, the comforter. Gives us understanding of God's word. Yes, convicts us of sin. That one hurts the most. Yeah. Okay, so... We'll move on. I'll start off by reading the text. Um, 
the helper's presence, starting at verse, well, John chapter 14, verse 15. If you have a sheet, it's right there for you. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Um, so we'll move on to question three. Um, in John 14, 15, Jesus states, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What does this statement suggest about the relationship between love and obedience in the Christian's faith? I think Tyson said it this morning, didn't he, that our love for Christ will result in us being obedient? Yes. God and his word. Yeah, that's good. I wasn't in here this morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I believe that. So I heard it related to a story about like a parent and a child. Say you have a child and you have these rules for this child to obey, but the child breaks every single one of them. Now, the child tells you that he or she loves you, but they continue to, to break your rules. Like say you have a rule where you shouldn't call your parent out of their name. And if the child continues to do this, do you think the child loves the parent? It's like backwards, like say that we say that we love God, but we do the complete opposite. So I don't love others. I hate others. I'm not forgiving. I hold, I hold grudges. Like you wouldn't think that I was a believer or you wouldn't think that I love Jesus like I say I love Jesus if I'm just doing the opposite of what Jesus tells me to do. So we show our love for Jesus by obeying him, not showing love to be saved, but showing love because, well, being obedient because we love him. And in verse 16, Jesus says he will ask the father to give the disciples another helper. Who is the helper and what is their role? We kind of talked about that a little bit. I'm sorry. But there's more things that the Holy Spirit does. And um, I like how he calls him to the helper. So Jesus was the first helper. When me and Tyson kind of talked about it a little bit, Jesus is our first helper. He is the example that we should follow. And it's cool to see how he says he's not just gonna gonna leave with him. Like if your spouse were, was leaving, like usually they will leave you with something, like somebody's going over on a long trip or whatever, they will leave you with something or make sure things are taken care of so you wouldn't have to worry. So Jesus is gonna leave them a helper. And the helper is gonna be with them forever. So they will never be alone. So 
So we'll. The, uh, the Holy Spirit, I think, too, equips us and, uh, and, and strengthens us to do the things that God wants us to do. Sometimes we feel inadequate uh, to do things that, you know, that God uh, asks us to do. Uh, maybe use the, to have certain, certain gifting uh, or abilities uh, or just supports us. It's interesting in the scriptures to see where the Holy Spirit is involved in different things, and, and uh, you know, and we learned that the Holy Spirit is involved in the resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. you know? and so I think that reconciliation, our resurrection and growth as believers, will contribute to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Yes, that's great. Yeah, I'll. S when I was studying this passage, um, I looked up so many different ways that the Holy Spirit is used, and I didn't didn't write them down. But it's awesome to see um, how He uses us. Like I feel like He uses me. Like, ooh, I'm always nervous when I come up here before people, and like I don't want to do it. Like it's just it's very nerve wracking. But the Holy Spirit carries me, so. I just have to remember to pray and know that God will give me strength to do things even sometimes I don't, don't want to do. Like when I used to do a lot of evangelism, it's, it's so scary, like knocking on somebody's door these days because you never know who's going to come. But like Denny was saying, like the Holy Spirit will give you strength to do those things. So. We're on to um, number five. What is the significance of the Holy Spirit being referred to as the spirit of truth in John 14, 17? I think the one verse that kind of helps to sort of crystallize or summarize the work of the Holy Spirit is, uh, you know, that verse that says, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we believe that, then that means that there is no situation that where the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God in you uh, will be overcome by the Spirit of Antichrist, which is the Spirit in the world. Mm -hmm. And so that's really an assurance that um, we, will not, we will not get into a situation that we will stand there and suddenly say, oh, I don't know what to do. Damn. You know, that that um, now we may we may let, let ourselves kind of be you know led away down the primrose path a little bit with you know with some you know deception but the holy spirit i think is always there trying to say no not this way this way you know and and so we we uh the more we understand and we know the bible then i think that makes his job easier because he can just remind us you know a lot more uh, easily, uh, but in any case, he's there always able to undo the deceptions that, and man, if there's anything that's loose in this world today, it's deception. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that, and that's why they call him the, the spirit of truth, because he, he doesn't deceive us. He tells us the truth about Christ and, and what we should do, and reminds us of things <laughs> to do and definitely the convicting of, of sin because I remember times where I just 
didn't understand certain things about the Bible. And as you study and as you grow, the spirit um, helps you understand different things. Part of the answer to your question is uh, in the in the context, the previous verses. What we talked about last week is, you know, Jesus, their ministry leader, is leaving. Yeah. He was the guy who told them what to do. He was the guy who told them all the right answers. He was he was the teacher. Mm-hmm. He taught all the lessons, and so. He's like, I'm going, and so they're like, well, you know, they're kind of like panicking. Who's gonna keep teaching? Who's gonna, who's gonna tell us where we need to go? Who's gonna, who's gonna uh, do the miracles that you did? I mean, how how are we gonna keep ushering in the kingdom if you're gone? And he says to them in the pre verses right before this section, he's like, you guys are gonna keep actually doing the work while I'm gone, and you're actually gonna do greater works than me. And then he says, if you love me, you're going to keep doing my commandments. And so it's like, oh, this is a lot of weight of responsibility. Like, how are we going to do this? I'm going to send you a helper. Yeah. And the helper, he's the spirit of truth. All the things that I've been asking you to do, all the things I'm going to do, this guy, the spirit of who's of truth, who said, who knows what is right, who knows how to, uh, to, to, to discern what is error from truth and and to help you obey these commands and help you carry out the ministry, I'm going to leave you with helpers. I, I think that's kind of the comforting significance of that title uh, and of what Jesus is saying here. Yes, that's great. I don't have anything to add. Listen to Tyson. <laughs> I got just something too. Okay. You know what's interesting about saying the spirit of truth is just just a couple chapters back, I don't know how far back in time this would have been, but in John 8, he was talking uh, to them, and he's uh, not the disciples, but he's saying, you know, you belong to your father, the devil. Uh, he was murdered from the beginning. There's not holding to the truth. There's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar, the father of lies. And now he's talking about the spirit, who's the spirit of truth. It's like he's totally making this distinction between our enemy and our helper, our enemy and our father and God. So it's just this real distinction between kind of like good and evil. Yeah. Tomorrow, sometimes I think Holy Spirit works with you like I have a grandson that called me and he's got this confused thought about a book of the Bible and so I've read through it twice, three times and and I was trying to figure out where he's coming up with this thing, you know, where, where he's heard that or whatever and the Spirit works on helping you to understand so that you can give him the correct answer so that he knows that what he had was not really quite exactly what it, what it meant and, and he has to go before and after the parts that he's saying that he thinks he's got a problem with so that you get the whole context of it not just part of it yeah. and I think the Lord the Holy Spirit works on that with you yeah yeah. You and I 
I kind of talked about this this week when we were walking through the passage to, together. But what's so comforting about this is Jesus is saying, "I'm leaving somebody. I'm leaving you with somebody who's going to take care of you the same way I took care of you. So yeah. all the things that you're worried about losing when I leave, the Spirit's going to fill that." Yeah. Yeah, Tyson gave me a great illustration. I just couldn't remember it. Like when I was, <laughs> I couldn't remember it. I know, I, I couldn't get it. Like, I couldn't remember. <laughs> so, um, number six in John fourteen seventeen, who does Jesus refer to when he says the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Unbelievers. Unbelievers. Yeah, all those that weren't elect, all those that he didn't call from the beginning and predestined to, to know him. are those who those are those who can't receive him then we'll move on to question eight how does the helper the holy spirit assist and empower believers in their daily lives and spiritual growth we've kind of been talking about this like the whole time So we'll move on to the next section. Um, I'll read verses 18 through 24. Um, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my father and you and me and I and you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourselves to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So I, I like verse 18 when he says he will not leave them as, as orphans, but he will come to them. That's kind of cool because they, they know Jesus is leaving, but he says he's not going to leave them. Like, like he's still going to be there, but not there. Like he's going to have, they're going to have comfort. They're going to have the Holy Spirit. He's going to be there to, to help him just like Jesus helped them. 
and as we move on to 19, um, he always talks about a little while, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. It's cool how they will see Jesus again. So we'll move on to question nine. In verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What does this mean and how does it relate to the helper's role? Well, if you think about what an orphan is, you know, maybe you've seen orphans in movies or in news mm -hmm. coverage or whatever. You know, an orphan has no parents. An orphan has nobody to take care of them. An, or an orphan generally probably doesn't even have anybody that cares about them. Mm -hmm. Nobody to love them. Uh, nobody to feed them and see to their, you know, their daily physical needs. Um, and so Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you that way. And so that the implication there is that you will be taken care of, you will be fed, you will be protected, you will have a father, you know, you will have someone that loves you um, and, and directs your life and, and all of those things that kind of, you know, go along with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. But it, it reminds me of um, when Jesus was crucified, how they they act like he was gone, like he was never coming back, like they just went back to do what they did before they knew him. So they acted as they were orphans, but he said that he was coming back. Question 10, what does Jesus mean when he says, because I live, you also will live? about the resurrection like they will live with him one day but also he will live inside of them Pastor Tyson was talking about it. He was like, um, they were, they were traumatized, so they were going through so many things. Like, it's a lot for us to read, but they were actually there, going through it, and it probably was. Well, it was traumatizing, and they probably just didn't know what to do. Like sometimes when we go through a rough patch, we just go back to something we usually do. Like just to have that routine so we're not just thinking about the pain. So that's probably what they did. Oh. 
the next question, what factors or characteristics might indicate that someone is truly a disciple of Jesus Christ? And how can an individual evaluate their progress in this regard? If we're loving Jesus and loving others, um, I got that from verse 21, which says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. So that's how we know, like if we're being harsh towards other and not loving them, we're probably not growing as we should, or something is off, and we need to evaluate what's going on with us. Question 12, what are some possible reasons why Jesus says that the world will no longer see him, but his disciples will continue to see him in John 14, 19? you guys a passage from 1 Corinthians. Fifteen. Um, starting at the fifth verse. So, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So that is Paul speaking about Jesus as he came back from the resurrected and how he appeared to people that loved him and to to people who believed in him and, and not to the world. So he came back and only the believers got to see him.
and 13 and verse 20, Jesus says, And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. What does this mean, and how does it relate to the helper's role? passage there uh, where he says uh, you know the, the Holy Spirit which the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you um, and the, the reality of you know of that happening uh, would be an indication that um, you know the the Holy Spirit that was promised is is there and is working, and um, and is you know the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, and so if you're known to the Holy Spirit, you're known to Jesus, and you're known to the Father, and and you know it, the whole relationship is working harmoniously. to the to the next part um, the helpers inspiration verses 25 through 31 these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. So, what is the significance of Jesus speaking these things before he leaves the disciples? He's, uh, he's really just reiterating to them that I'm in control. This is all happening on, on my timetable. As well as I'm coming back afterwards and I'm going to speak these things to you to tell you that it's under my sovereign control that all of these things are happening. Yeah. Yeah, I like that answer. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, also just to comfort them also, like 
before somebody leaves, you want to know that everything is going to be okay, that, that everything is going to be all right. And Jesus is telling the disciples everything that they need to know. Kind of giving them like a schedule, like this is everything that's that's going to happen, like, and they're just. It would be hard to comprehend if somebody gave you um, the exact things that were going to happen, like the next day. All these things are going to happen tomorrow. You would be like blown away by that. Put that meeting invite on your schedule for next week. <laughs> so you Saying, I'm sending an emissary to you when he comes. Don't beat him up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That yeah, makes a lot of sense. Why does Jesus say in John 14 26 that the disciples need the helper? Tyson was saying like they did all this ministry for three years. So in three years time, think about how many sermons they probably heard. Think about how many miracles Jesus did, how many times they were just walking and talking, like just eating with him, watching him pray, probably just listening in the corner while he's praying, like they're learning all these things from him. And naturally we forget. So now they will have the Holy Spirit to bring these things back to their remembrance. So they will able to be able, so they will be able to do the ministry as Jesus called them to do. Not only did we forget, but it goes over our heads. Yeah. It was like they were out yeah. of question. It wasn't clicking. Yeah. Say, It'll make sense. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm with the pastors, that's what I'm doing. Like just trying to ask questions, trying to figure out like what's going on. Cause I don't know, you read it and read it and read it and sometimes it just doesn't click. It's like Tyson sitting over there saying, Jamar, don't get to remember we talked about. I know. <laughs> I know, I told him I should have recorded it. And then I would have <laughs> 
No, it was like for two hours and I was just sitting there and I was like blown away like he was bringing all this stuff out to text and I was just having a lot of fun. <laughs> so 17, Jesus promised to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to teach the disciples all things. Oh, we just read that, right? Yeah. No, we didn't all things and to bring to their remembrance all that he has said to them. Why is this important for the disciples here? We kind of discussed it, though. So we'll move on to 18. How does the concept of the Holy Spirit as a helper sent by Jesus in John 14, 26, apply to the lives and experience of believers today? Also like how the, the spirit um just convicts us of of sin. Um I think if we listen the first time it's kind of subtle, but as we go on and don't listen, it gets it gets challenging. So I might mess up with my wife and it's like, man, I should say I'm sorry. But my pride is like, nah, we not doing that. We just gonna stand strong and she gonna stay on that end of the bed, I'm gonna stay on this end of the bed. <laughs> But I know that the spirit is telling me, like, you can't you can't go on like this, like you have to apologize. You were wrong. So and that's something I hate doing, apologizing. But I just have to be obedient. So I try my best to uh, apologize when I'm wrong. I think it's also reassurance to, to us that we don't have to be experts in the word to be able to discern what the word is going to tell us too right mm -hmm. because with that holy spirit that that, that teacher that helper it, it gives us a, another layer of, of comfort right that that jesus is with us and and that that we don't have to be a, an expert of of all things god but but it's there for us in the bible in the text for us to be able to pull that out and the holy spirit helps us to, to understand those things that the bible is telling us and so that way we can relate it to our lives today. I mean, even all the stuff that they, they went through back, way back when, you know, we can still take and pull all that stuff out and apply it to our lives today and, and be able to have the comfort that, that Jesus is our Savior and, and that he is God and that he is the Holy Spirit too. And then all three of those things in one help us to be able to to live our lives in a, in a joyful obedience to, to his word. Yeah. Yep. I'm grateful the Spirit helps us remember what was said so he can write it down. <laughs> yeah. Nineteen. What is the significance of this peace for the disciples? 
How does it differ from the peace the world offers? How can we share this peace with others? It's everlasting. It never goes away. One thing about the world, when the world offers peace, um, it, it usually doesn't last. It may last for a while, but it usually doesn't last. And it's nothing compared to the peace that we have in Christ, knowing that with whatever we go through, that we will be with him one day. Yes. Yes. I have to remember that when I'm surrounded by a lot. Like this week has been super busy for me, so I haven't had a lot of peace. But I just have to try to hang on to Christ when everything else is chaotic. Just have to center my focus on Him. I liked how he talked about um, just sharing Christ with others. If you really want to give somebody peace, that's the only peace that you can really give them. Like you can give them Christ. That's that's the peace that they need. That's the that peace that's that's going to save them. Twenty. Why do you think Jesus says that his disciples should rejoice that he is going to the Father? Because he sent in the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus was here, he could be in the middle of us all. But if he was talking low, the ones of us on the outside edge might not hear quite as well as what the other guys did as he's explaining something. But the Holy Spirit is able to explain to each and every one of us as we listen to God's word and that so we understand what he's trying to teach us. talking about his re-glorification where he says if you love me you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the father for the father is greater than I and uh, what they means by that is positionally Jesus has lowered himself by taking the form of a servant for Philippians chapter 2 and uh, he submitted himself to the father um, by giving up not his deity he never gave up his deity but by giving up his divine prerogative to do whatever he wants. That's why we see throughout the Gospels, he says, 
my will is to do the, the Father's will. Yeah. And so you're saying, I'm, you would rejoice because I'm about to be re-glorified. I'm going back to the Father. Because right now the Father is greater than I. I'm about to be exalted and glorified and lifted. The name above every other name. Be excited. They weren't thinking, the right, were thinking about the right stuff. Had the wrong thinking about what Jesus was going to do. Verse 21, what does Jesus mean by saying he told the disciples about future events so they can believe in him? gives us confidence. Um. How does Jesus' statement about the rulers of this world not having a claim on him impact our understanding of his mission and purpose? doesn't have a claim on Jesus that means Satan has no power over Jesus and that uh, clearly implies that Jesus plan or God's plan that he that he set in motion will be carried out in exactly the way that God prescribed it and Satan won't be able to stand against that um, and so that gives us assurance that as part of God's plan as part of God's people that we don't have to worry about uh, the influence of Satan in our lives because we'll be conquerors in the same way that Jesus is a conqueror. Yeah, nothing happens without um, Jesus knowing about it or wanting it to happen. Like, it's not like Satan. Satan got the best of Jesus. Like, even though that may 
have looked that way to the disciples, you know, for him to be crucified. It, it may look like, um, man, they, they got you, you know, like, and we, we were trying to save you. We we're trying to like Peter cut off Malchus here, like, man, we're, we're trying to save you. Stop this from happening. But nothing happens without Jesus permission. Right, the last one. What can we learn from Jesus' obedience to the Father's commands and his desire for the world to know his love for the Father? Just like I obeyed my father, you should obey me. So that's pretty much all I have for you guys. But um, one thing about the Holy Spirit that I learned as I was studying and listening to this different sermons, um, it was talking about the Holy Spirit is here to um, point our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to Christ. Like that's, that's the job of the, the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we may think that the Holy Spirit job is to um, tell us what turn to make on the road when we're lost or what to eat for dinner, but um, it's, it's all about Christ. It's not about other things that um, that are important, but are are probably not for his glory, or are not glorifying him. So I appreciate you guys for answering all the questions and really helping me out today. I I learned a lot too, so I'll pray for us and. I'll let us get out of here. 
Lord, we had a great time just studying your text, um, finding different things and um, just having a better understanding of your spirit. Um, we thank you so much for the comforter, the helper, Lord, that you have given to us. Um, we, we thank you for that, Lord, and, and help us just um, have that peace when things are going crazy in our lives and when we don't know what to do may we know that that you are in control and everything will go the way that you want it to go so help us continue to trust in you and and come to you and believe in you in jesus name we pray amen